Hi, I'm Hannah, team manager with the Orange Arrow Players Association, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field. Please consider making a play by giving, posting a friend raiser, subscribing to our podcast and YouTube channel, and staying connected on social media at Orange Arrow PA. Visit orangearrow.org for more information. Thank you for listening. Take aim. Welcome to Inside the Play Call with Orange Arrow, and I'm your host, Sean Robinson. And today, we have a very, very special guest, my guy, Adam Walker. What's up, Adam? How you doing, boss? What's up, Sean? How you doing, brother? I'm well, I'm well. It's good to see you, man. Thank you for joining the podcast. It's good to be seen and not viewed, man. Uh, you're doing a wonderful job, and I was—I finally got my invitation to the Great Orange. Right. So I'm, well, we had, we had, I'm super excited. We had to work our way up, you know what I mean, before we started <laughs> speaking for the pistons. That's all that was. <laughs> there you go. So, so, Adam, you know, as a former athlete, the importance of warming up and stretching, right? Uh, for sure. Here we go. I got a couple warm-up questions for you. All right. Let's now, if you're going to listen to one musical artist for 30 days straight only need one who are you selected their entire catalog only one oh that's strong that's strong because i'm a music guy talk to me ah all right so you know i'm the hip-hop generation i mean hip-hop started when i was a kid but i i'm very diverse in my music selection but i'm gonna have to go with tupac I, I, I got to go with strong selection. I'm a, I'm somewhat of a pocketeer myself. Yeah. I mean, you I, figure, I, you look at Tupac, he has, he's so diverse, so misunderstood. Uh, he's passionate. He's a, he, he gets songs that are, he's revolutionary on one side. He's a party guy on another and he's right. causing trouble on many others. So, you, you know, talking about for a month, I, I, I'd have a huge variety and he also has so much, uh, music that has been unreleased so i don't think i would get bored that's true that's true that's true so when you think of pop what song comes to mind there's so many i think the one that i would share on this show without saying right. oh my goodness adam is he's crazy as tupac because we're both gemini's i'm june 17th <laughs> and he's in the middle of the month uh keep your head up keep your head up that's a good one that's a, and it's a safe one right that's what i'm saying Ooh, yeah. child <laughs> things are going to get yeah yeah, you know, and you got to keep your head up because my entire life, and you know, this is being an athlete and, and going to pit and everything else. We've been in a lot of battles and a lot of fights. Right. So sometimes you right. got to encourage yourself. But if you could just say to you, keep your head up and keep on pushing and move the chains. I was hoping recently with the halftime Super Bowl uh, with Dr. Dre and Snoop and the whole crew there, I was hoping they brought up a Tupac hologram because they play that. Da, 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 da. I ain't mad at you. I was, I was ready. I was ready for the, for the Tupac hologram. I, right, I right. Left my seat. I don't know yeah, why they didn't do it neither, but I'm sure they had some reasons for it. Definitely. And, and definitely. it probably had to do with a little bit of money. <laughs> that part, right. definitely. So, if you could have any superpower, what super, what superpower would you choose? Any right, superpower. Now, Sean, this, this is, uh, you can't be mad. You go, you're going to get mad at me, upset with me here. So uh, I, the superpower piece, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a tweak this a little bit. I have to go with my superhero for, for the superpower. 
Okay, talk this, to me. This, this may throw you off. And this superhero really doesn't have superpowers, but it's, it's Batman. And, and and Batman gives it to you in a different way. His knowledge and intellect are second to none. Yep. He's innovative. And here's the two fun parts. One, he can still fight. So he has great hands, just like just like he grew up in my neighborhood, and he's wealthy. <laughs> so, okay. So, so after he after he's out fighting crime and solving problems throughout the night, he, he can go home and have fun. Right at, at the same time. Right. So, so Batman and what he brings to the table would be my superpower type. You know, he okay he, detective, all the other good stuff. And, and many, many years ago, uh, one of my big desires was to join uh, the FBI. Oh, so you know, it, it ties in, in in that way. So it would be, although he, it's not a superpower, my superhero is Batman. Gotcha, superhero Batman. Okay, I'm gonna let you ride with that. FBI, we might be, uh, get into that because, inter interesting enough, I was considering for a split second to uh, to join the FBI. I was uh, working out pre-draft on the South Side in Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. and the um, the um, some some members of the FBI were there. And one of the recruiters said, "If it doesn't work out, you know, reach out." After they saw me working out things of that nature, I never followed up with them, but uh, it was something at least for a short period of time I considered. Uh, work for the FBI, so that's pretty cool. I didn't know that we had that. Uh, oh yeah, I, I, I went all the way almost to the door and then backed out because it was after I finished my football career, and I was I was looking to steering thirty in the mouth, and I, I said, "Well, I'm a little tired. I, I don't I don't know if I I want to go this route." But it was something since I was a kid because um, you know a lot of a lot of our youth are infatuated with gangsters. Yeah. I liked it, but my mom said, "Oh no, son, you don't you don't want to do that." She said, "Uh, you know all about them. Once you do like Elliot Ness and go on the other side and, and, and go catch them." Right, right, <laughs> right, right. That was the first piece. But at Pitt, the FBI visited us a couple times, gave some presentations, clean all the good stuff. So after I finished playing ball, uh, playing in the NFL counted as work, and I, I went through I went through everything, uh, background tests. Uh, test it all fits all that. Oh, you really went through it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then I, I decided against it. Hmm. We're going to get into that. We'll get into your backstory. <laughs> I got one more question for you. Favorite TV show of all time to this day. If it comes on, you can sit down and watch, watch the favorite episode. TV show that I can watch. There's, there's, there's three or four of them, but out of those three or four, my favorite would be Martin. Come on, man. That's why I rock with you, man. That's, yeah. that's my favorite TV show of all time. I tell my wife, like she's not a Martin fan like I am. Like uh -huh. it's the best show of all time. That is my joy. Yeah, I, I I love the diversity. I love the characters. And, and you know, when you start talking about Martin, uh, one of his most famous characters is Shanae, and she's at the right. bottom of my list. Oh, is she? Oh my goodness, yeah. So it for me, it's it's Jerome, it's okay. uh, Dragonfly Jones, Ooh, and it's Otis. Silence. And who's yeah. the third one? Otis, the, Otis. the security guy. <laughs> Get a red ticket down, boy. Get a red ticket down, boy. You're not going to wash your hands, Pine. Right. <laughs> hey, and I promise you, I've seen every single episode. Can you yeah. say the same? I, I can say I've seen it multiple times. Okay. I can say I own every single episode okay. uh, it, that's downloaded as well as on DVD. You know what is so incredible about that show? How you can still watch it and laugh like it's the first time seeing it. You know the, you know the lines. You know what's about to happen. But it's still something like, 
oh my goodness, you just can't stop laughing. It's yeah, classic. You, you got it. Put it this way. My kids love Martin now because of me. I, I'll they be can, able to say the same thing here soon. Yeah, they can act out many of those scenes. All right, before 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 I uh, I move off of Martin. So, what scene or which show comes up to mind as like, man, would somebody say favorite episode or just name a scene from Martin? Ooh. What episode would you share? Yeah, I, I have a, a, a ton of them, but one of the early ones was um, Jerome uh, uh, with the tickets, it, it, trying to get the tickets for for Gina and Pam. And oh, he said, "I'm an old Mac from way <laughs> back." I'm, I'm one of the original players from, from where? <laughs> you know, so, then he found out the tickets were wrong, and he said, "Oh, oh, you said 73? 73 was my year. That's when I used to dig in the scene in my gangster lane." <laughs> you know, so I, I can I can take it with you. Man, I love it. I love it. I think of Jerome. He uh, it was a one time he was uh, looking to get his uh, his jewelry back. With, uh, with with Tommy and Cole, and he said, man, he said, if I told you a duck to pull, pull a truck, then shut up and hook the sucker up. That joint yep. right there, yep. whatever I say, like, take it to the bank, because it's gold. Yep. You got so it. Hilarious. Now, I'll give you a little thing. When he came up with that, my my real superhero was Muhammad Ali. <laughs> On that, and, and Ali used to tell him, he said, if I tell you a mosquito could pull a plow, don't ask me how, hitch him up. And then, you know, of course, when Martin came out, got with that, it. I, I didn't know that. To pull a truck, he said a couple of choice words in the middle. Right, in between, right, right, right. And then he used to hitch him up. So that's that all goes together. So I love that one too. I love it, Adam. Take it away. Early beginnings, hometown. Where are you from? Talk to us a little bit. Oh man, so uh, yeah. I don't. You may well. We we you, we haven't talked about old school up, but most of the guys that went to school with me. Uh, while I was playing and in the NFL and down here in Atlanta, work with me. Everyone knows I love my hometown. I'm I'm born and bred uh, right outside of Oakland, right outside of the University of Homestead, Pennsylvania. And uh, I don't know if you know much about Homestead, but um, have you ever seen the Men Who Built America? It's a documentary. No. Okay. Have you ever heard of Andrew Carnegie? Yes. Andrew Carnegie, Carnegie Steel. Correct. So the U.S. Steel. Well, Carnegie Steel was in Homestead also homestead steel. So that history goes all the way back to, to the labor uh, issues of the late 1800s going into the 1900s. So you got Andrew Carnegie from Homestead. Then you have uh, the Homestead Grays, which is the yeah. Negro League Baseball. Totally. Winning is uh, Negro League Baseball franchise of all time. Right. Then you have many guys that come through. So we, Homestead has put the best of everything out. We have athletes, singers, doctors, lawyers, street corner executives, <laughs> gangbangers. We got them all. And they're yeah. all they're they're all the best <laughs> at, at what they do. So I'm I'm super proud of the small, I think Homestead might be four square miles. Mm, wow. Yeah, Homestead's tiny. And yeah. I think now maybe like 3,500 people at its, you know, so very small town, but but we still put it out. So I I, I love Homestead. Um, born there, and I, I attended Still Valley High School, um, which is Homestead merged with Munhall in 1972, and then created Still Valley High School. Okay, all right. And so the sports side, what was your early introduction to sports? Um, well, my early introduction to sports, 
I didn't start playing football until I was 10 years old. So my, my first sports um, trophies were from bowling. So I'm, I'm still wow. a heck of a bowler. And, uh, but, you know, being in Pittsburgh at my age, uh, the Steelers won four Super Bowls in six years, um, 74, 75, 78, 79. They won four Super Bowls. I started playing 1978 was my first year. Uh, uh, playing football, but you know, growing up north, the the sports changed with the season of the year. So I I, I played them all. I mean, I, I played football, basketball, I ran track, I played volleyball, um, and and we didn't have. Sad to say, with the Homestead Grays being from my hometown, we didn't have a, a baseball team. That is unfortunate. So that, that's what's really sad on, on that side. But um, we played baseball. Uh, and not a sport, you may, I don't know if you know this, but people used to come see me play all over the state when I was in high school. But what they weren't coming to see, it wasn't just coming to see me play football. I was also in the marching band. And they used to come oh. watch me change my out of my band uniform back into my football uniform before pre, uh, pre-game and at halftime. So I, I played in the band. Play? I played tenor sax. And, and then, you know, we had one of the baddest drum lines around. And of course, all the girls love the drummers. So I had to figure out how do I get a drum? So I, I, I ended up playing the bass drum and the tri-toms as well later on. I did not know that you're a saxophonist. At least you yep. played. I, wow. I, see you, I see you back there. Yeah, man. I got, I got for those in the, in the audio world, I got my pulling up my baritone right now. Yeah, yeah. You got to sit I, that I, on the floor when you yeah, play exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> It's too heavy to even hang up. And when I played the alto saxophone, grew up playing in the in church, also yep. playing in the band as well. Um, but 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 not the marching band, but that's actually really cool. Yeah, marching band, stage band. We might have to come and do a set for the football team at a banquet or something together. I'm with it. I'm with it. I am yep. with it. That is awesome. So so did you take um I would love to hear more about the music side. Now I understand you said you love music. Right, right. So 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 was the saxophone your first instrument? Yes, yes. I, I, alto sax, third grade. Uh, played alto third, fourth, and fifth grade. Switched to the tenor sax in sixth grade. And, and, and played tenor sax all the way through. I, I, I finished high school. And then I picked up my little bass drum as, as a, a freshman. Uh, middle, mid, halfway through football season as a, as a freshman. So a lot of, a lot of people laugh. Um, so when I was in high school, my freshman year, we won the uh, WPIL uh, AAA championship in football. Okay. And I tease everyone. I say, dude, I was on the field as a freshman a lot when I was in the band. I, was, I, I wasn't even in a football uniform at all during that time. Yeah. But, but I was on the field, uh, part of the, uh, the, the, the drum line, and, and we had a ball. That's really cool. That is really cool. So um, are you still in the jazz music? I, I, still, I, I love it, man. You know, um, I, I love jazz, you know, Freddie Hubbard on the trumpet, Kenny G, you know, I, I, and, you know, amongst some other artists. I'm very diverse. And, you know, just playing football makes you diverse in your music. So high school, college, pro, depending on who had seniority or what time of day you went into the weight room. Right. And what kind of music you were listening to. That's true. So, you know, if, if you went to the gym between seven and nine, it was probably country. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Between nine and twelve was probably rock, and after one is when hip hop 
hit the stage. Definitely. <laughs> you know, so it, it depends. So I, I can sing. If you just looked at my playlist, you would say, something's wrong with you. Nothing matches. You know, so that's why I say choosing that one artist is right. difficult for me because I got a ton of them. You I know, when you just start looking at diversity, uh, one of my favorite singers, if you were to ask me who I wish I could sing, because like, I can't sing, but if you were to say, what kind of voice would you like to have? It would be Michael McDonald from the Duke. Oh, Brothers. okay. You know, okay. That, I think he might have inspired my white beard. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's a strong selection. So, so, so did you take lessons? Uh, you, I, I'm assuming you read music and also. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I was, I was with the school. So we started out, we had, we had a, a real music program, hmm. um, an unbelievable music program. So we had, we had to take lessons. We had class. It was the class. We got a grade right. in it, you know? So, uh, when you start talking about playing, one of the reasons why I, I made sure I played on game day is for any game you missed in the band, you dropped a letter grade. Whoa, that's significant. A letter game. No excuses. Yeah, wow, and I'm the amazing. only one, I think, in still by the history that did both. That's impressive. Yeah. That's really cool. So, yeah, and I, and I think when I went out to, uh, back in my playing days in San Francisco, I went out and bought a new tenor uh, sax. I went and bought a Yamaha. Nice. I, ha I don't play it much anymore, but I, I have to get back into it and brush my skills off so I can hook up with you. And we can go yeah, back. definitely. You still have it, though, right? I do, oh, for sure. Okay. It, it's sitting there like a piece of furniture now, though, like a trophy. Right, <laughs> in, right. In my oh, study, but yes. You know what? Now, now that I, I think back, I wish that's something I would have, I would have had a chance to experience to play in the marching band, but then also uh, play as well on the field. That that that's actually a really cool story and uh, fun fact to be able to uh, share with my, my boys. Laugh at me until this day. Till this day, they laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> Make and so. And so, 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 so you excelled um, on the field uh, playing football. And so how was the recruiting process for you when you think about what school you wanted to go to for college? Re recruiting was a headache and, and probably, it, it, I thought it started off as fun, you know, being, being wanted and everybody calling you, but um, it got a little crazy uh, for me for, for two reasons. It was super busy. I was being recruited by every major college uh, at the time, but everyone was recruiting me to play defensive back. A lot of folks don't know that. I, I made my bones in college and in the NFL as a running back. Right. But um, I was actually a better defensive back and everyone, every college knew it. Safety uh, or corner or either one? Uh, I, I could play either one. Yeah, yeah. I, I played corner because, you know, all that shutdown stuff, true story they started that when i played so uh, we were we were playing the school called west mifflin we were playing uh yep. what, they were west mifflin north at the time no they just switched over to west mifflin area they had a tight end named eric trosh trosh was a mean hooper he was about six foot six mm. and he was killing us at halftime halftime our coach came in he said defense on me he said adam you cover trosh everywhere he goes yeah he yeah. said you're finished go get some orange slices he said everybody else this is how we're going to play the rest of the game wow so when it comes to shut down corner if i wasn't the first i was one of them early you know when yeah. you start talking about high school and, and I, was, I was pretty darn good but everyone told me what i couldn't do and, and my ego got in the way <laughs> and, and, <laughs> as well so when you start talking we got to check our egos at the door 
um, because defensive back came easy to me. I was really good, but because everyone else uh, told me what I couldn't do, I had to prove myself right. I wasn't worried about proving them wrong, but I wanted to prove myself right because I believe deep down I, I, I can play running back. Yeah. So so you ended up going to Pitt. What other schools were you uh, strongly considering going? Um, Michigan State, Ohio State. Um, well, the five schools I visited were, were all close. Uh, I was Pitt, Michigan State, Ohio State, Minnesota, and West Virginia mm. are, are the schools I, I, I chose. I was looking at a lot of the uh, Southern schools. I was looking at um, Alabama and Miami and my high school coach was, I think he was trying to push me away from those schools. And only, I think the one he tried to encourage me was Georgia Tech because that's where he went. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Georgia yeah. Tech and Maryland, you know, were, were, were trying to trying to push me like you, you might want to take a longer look at, at these guys, but Pitt, believe it or not, there's an article in a paper somewhere. I have it in my scrapbook. It was in November of 1985. I signed first week of February, 86, November 85. I'm quoted as saying I wouldn't go to Pitt if it was the last school on earth. What? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Why did you say that? I didn't. Well, Pitt had a rough year the last two seasons. Okay. Um, Foge Fazio, whom I love dearly, uh, is, is no longer with us now. He was the head coach at the time, mm -hmm. but um, he was terminated in December. Mike Gottfried came in as the new head coach in December of '85. Um, Salsa Siri was recruiting me. He was the the, the the coach coming out to the school to see me. He mm -hmm. figured out somewhere that Adam wants, really wants to play running back. And then that's the buttons they started pushing, mm. saying you can have a running back coming here. Now, mind you, when I went to Pitt, there were seven, look at seven, not two, not three, but seven parade All-American running backs when I got there. What? Craig Hayward. Yeah, I Brian Davis, who, who, who was only a year ahead of me and was predicted to be the next uh, Tony Dorsett, Charles Gladman. Zeke Gadsden, Chucky Scales, A.B. Brown, and Eugene Napoleon. Wow. A.B. and Eugene transferred to West Virginia. They moved Zeke from running back to outside linebacker who ended up becoming the Kodak All-American with like 26, 27 sacks. Wow. They moved Chucky Scales to wide receiver. Mm. And then, wow. then I had to bang with, with the rest of them. So it all worked out. How about it, that? It all worked out somewhat. Somewhat. So wait, so 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 how was it? I always um uh think about this. How was it going to the University of Pittsburgh in your hometown being less than 10 minutes away? Like speak to that. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I didn't want to go to Pitt because it was so close and because there wasn't much of a campus. You know, you walk out the towers and the bus lane is right in front of you. Right. Yeah, I'm the, the public port authority <laughs> right. right in front of you. Um, but there's big blessings because I did stay home. I was home for uh, some ev events that happened within my family that would have been very difficult for me to be a part of if I was away. Right. So it, it, it worked out that way. It also worked out with my mom at the time. I think she worked at the Pittsburgh Courier and uh, I can, when I got my apartment junior year, lasagna, pans of lasagna coming down for me and the guys, you know, yep. food and things like that, uh, access to a car, you mm -hmm. know, so it, 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 there's a lot of pros of being close to home. Um, 
And then, of course, the, the people in the media, when I got my opportunities to play and shine, the, 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 the community took care of me. at the mm. well. That makes sense. That makes sense. So what did you major in? Economics. Economics. Now, did you go in freshman year knowing you want to get to econ? Or, or no. Freshman year, I was going in as commu in communications. Mm. When did you switch? I, I switched over uh, probably late sophomore sophomore year, second semester sophomore year. And so, how was that demand? I mean, that's that's a serious uh, demand there for a, an economic econ degree. Uh, so, how did you balance that? How was that for you? Uh, you mean in, in school? Yeah, in school, the student athlete part, the student part of being an athlete. Oh well, yeah, yeah. You know, just <laughs> that's the discipline side of it, you know, we, we had our uh, academic support services and things. And at that, at that time, uh, uh, Big Lloyd uh, uh, was, was, was part, I don't know if you know Big Lloyd Weston and uh, there, there was some groups and, and the, of course, uh, you know this, Donna Sant is, yeah, is, is the angel for me at the University of Pittsburgh. So there's, there's two people that made my career during the university, my university times, and, and post uh, days at Pitt, Donna Sant and Alex Kramer. Mm, oh wow! I, mean, I, owe, oh, I owe so much to to the both of them. It's 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 I can't put it. I don't. I can't find the words to sh to share with you today mm -hmm. the gratitude and how thankful I am for the relationships I built with Donna and Alex Kramer. I'm I'm on the board of trustees at the University of Pittsburgh. I'm from Homestead. I'm not. You know, a lot of folks from Homestead don't graduate, you know, right. but not only did I get education and graduate, I'm on the doggone board of trustees at, at, at a prestigious university. Yes. And, and much of that is because of uh, Donna Samp and, and she actually put my name up. Wow, the, I didn't know that. Me. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, That's I amazing. interned for Donna when I finished playing in the NFL, she gave me my, my uh, internship. So, you know. It's Donna and Alex Kramer. Mr. Kramer taught me how to network. Okay. In, in college. Get, get, give us a little bit of yeah, what you learned. So um, my sophomore year, I had my first big game. We played uh, NC State. Um, I, I remember like it was yesterday. I had seven carries, 77 yards. Let's go. Two, two runs called back that were equaled over almost 50 yards, like 48 yards. Iron hit, whom I was playing behind, had like 23 carries for 20. 120 yards. So I, I, I actually, I always told him, you know, uh, that I outperformed him. <laughs> so I would tease him with that. But it was, it was after that, and I got invited to one of the uh, big luncheons, and Mr. Kramer uh, had a very distinct voice, and he came over to me. He said, "Ah, oh, Adam, uh, you're you're going to this banquet. You're going to be sitting with all, a lot of um, prestigious men." and businessmen, he said, they're gonna to wanna to talk about football. He said, and that's okay. He said, but you make sure you find out what each and every one of them do, ask them for their name and contact information, and you write them a handwritten letter after the lunch and send them a handwritten letter at least two times a year. Wow. And, and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know that was the beginning of networking for me. But yeah. that's a skill that I learned and developed then from the teachings of Mr. Kramer till, till this day. So when you start talking about follow-up skills after you meet someone, it's yeah. huge. And getting intimate with the conversation, you know, what do you do? But caring about it and understand and asking why. 
Yeah. When, you know, when you're coming up yeah. young and you don't know what you want to do and you see a successful man or woman, what do you do? And how in the world did you get there? Right. That's interesting. You know what? I want to do that. Right. Can you help right. me? So, you know, when you start talking about uh, mentorship, it's huge for me, you know, and learning from others. And, and <clears throat> many times as athletes, again, our ego gets in the way. Mm-hmm. We don't check our ego at the door. And many times we're afraid to ask for help. Right. And, and, and you have to be bold. You have to be courageous to go ahead and ask and say, hey, I need help. You've had a coach in high school, in college. Why not have a business coach or a life coach or a skill coach? We still need coach. Totally. Totally. That's great. One of the things we share with our, um, uh, our, our collegiate student athletes is to take advantage of the platform while you have it. And that's pretty much what uh, Mr. Kramer was, was sharing with you. They're going to speak with you about football, but take advantage of that platform and here's some tools and here's some things you could say that's going to allow you to help, you know, build your network and then, you know, take advantage of that platform because they're going to come speak to you because you, you, you got seven carries, 77 yards, you X, Y, and Z, and, and they're going to want to speak to you. Um, but, but while you have that opportunity, you know, no, you're 100% right, because if you don't build your relationship when it's hot, when you walk away from football, right? <laughs> Come on. They're, they're going to forget about you. Totally. 80 to 95% of them won't even return your call. Right. You know, but if you built that relationship up with them, it, it, it's huge. So when you think about on the field, at Pitt, what's one of your, one or two of your fondest memories? So I know you oh. talked about NC State. Is there something else you want to share? Um, well, yeah, one, it, 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 it was behind the performance, but everything that went around it, uh, we played Ohio state and Ohio state was my number one school I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. When we played Ohio state, we beat the brakes off of them. Oh, and, wow. and I, I went all the way off on that, in that game, you know, it's like 179 yards, three touchdowns and three quarters uh, against now, the Ohio state. Your junior uh, senior year? That was my junior year. Wow. You know, so it, it that that was huge. But on the field, it's actually the relationships I built in the locker room. Yeah. You know, uh, that still live with me until this day. Um, so the relationships and the fun, you know, in the meeting room, there's nothing like being in the meeting room and the, and the jokes and the, and the laughter that comes out of that. Uh, and then the, the other relationships with the other players and the lessons learned because being an athlete, especially football, when you got a hundred guys in the locker room, there's so many people from different backgrounds, cultures, creeds, religions, uh, geographies that don't believe in the same thing. You know, there's, there can be hate love. If you met them anywhere else, you'd be fighting yeah. But on a football field and in a huddle you can look to your right and left and say, these guys would never ever come to my dinner, home to my house or to meet my parents. But when we break this huddle, I know one thing's for certain and two things for sure, both of them have my back and I have theirs. Yeah. And there's, and there's nothing like it. And that's where bit, uh, uh, football just helps also and transcends and, 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 and molds onto the business side. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, we'll get to the business side. And so let's talk. After Pitt, did you always have the a dream the dream of playing in a in the NFL? Oh no, no doubt I did. I, and, and bigger than my dream of playing in the NFL was owning an NFL team because I wanted to be Art Rooney. 
Oh, I watched Matt Rooney, okay. the chief, hoist up one of the Super Bowl trophies, and I wanted to do that more than what uh, Mel Blunt and Franco Harris did. Wow. So, so, so wait, hold on. I'm going to pause it because that's really significant because we'll get into um, what you're doing now. You're an entrepreneur. You've been an entrepreneur for decades. So where, where did that come from? Did you see that growing up, entrepreneurship, business ownership? Or, or, or just, or you, yeah. Speak yeah that, that, that was that. beyond because uh, just jumping ahead, when I finally went into business uh, back in 2003, 2002, and I, w- I was leaving my dad work, you know, he was a Marine. He didn't work 34 years at General Motors. Mm-hmm. And I told him I was leaving this software company and I was doing really, really well. And he says, you're going to do what? And he said, uh, you sure as beep didn't get that from me. He said, I don't know where you got that from, yeah. but it wasn't from me. He yeah. said, he said, I wish you the best, but something wrong with you, you're going to leave that good job with benefits. And the sad thing about it is that that's part of the Pittsburgh and Homestead mentality, mm. especially if entrepreneurship isn't generational. So in my, in my family, you know, uh, a lot of the men, you know, my dad worked at General Motors, which was different, but everyone else worked in the steel mill. Yeah. None of that was me. Uh, <laughs> who would think I would own a, a plant, a manufacturing plant myself now, but working there with some steel toe boots, <laughs> hot. That, that never was me. Yeah. Yeah. So I always liked what Art Rooney was doing. That, that was the first thing when I seen him hoist the trophy up, I was like, who was that? And what does he do? Wow. And how did he how did he own the, the Steelers? That's what I want to do. I love it. I love that. I love that. And I want to talk business. And so speak about your time in the NFL. Uh woo, that my time in the NFL, when you look at my resume, it, it sounds hot. You know, you look, okay, uh, pit degree, played football at Pitt, played seven years in the NFL, captain, Super Bowl champion. I made a couple of the uh, local Hall of Fames. You know, now I was a business executive for many years and then uh, in the Super Bowl. But the part that my resume doesn't say is I was an undrafted free agent coming out of college. Mm. That means nobody really wanted me. Yeah. I was cut 12 times my first two years playing. Wow. That's like Orange Arrow, you losing the, your biggest contract once every two months, or you getting fired from a job once every two months for two years. Yeah, That's yeah. very, very painful. Uh, a, a true story, uh, one of the times I went back was San Francisco, right around Christmas in 1991, getting ready play the Chicago Bears. Reporter meets me in the locker room. He goes, oh, Adam, are you, are you back? I said, I'm back, baby. He said, my goodness, uh, they seem to be treating you like a boomerang. Every time they throw you away, you find your way back. I, I, I shrugged it off and smiled a little bit. Yeah. He said, Adam, tell me, how do you sleep at night? I looked at mm-hmm. him. I said, sleep? You know, I, I sleep like a baby. He looked at me and said, really? I said, yeah, I, I wake up every two hours crying. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but, but yeah. the point is, yeah. when something's not waiting for you tomorrow, something's not tomorrow. I, I learned re- really early tomorrow's not promised. Right. So I wanted to run this football as long as I had the desire to play. And as long as uh, football was doing right by me and I was doing right by football, by the game. But I I still have that same mentality today that tomorrow's not promised in business. Some, just like football, someone always wanted my job, my position. 
Yeah. Somebody wants my contract. Somebody wants Definitely. my customers. Yep. <laughs> you know, that, that's the same fight I have today. So there was lessons, lessons and moments in the journey I went through to get where I am today, where each step of my life was a building block to where to get to where I am today. Mm, that's strong. That's strong. Wow. Thanks for sharing. That. I did not know that. Wow. 12 times. Yep. That's that's no joke. And to continue to push forward and um, yeah, take advantage of the opportunity. And, and 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 I know I mean, just knowing you, I know, you know, you took advantage of that time. You built relationships uh, uh, while, while you were there. And um, and that's going back to, to, to your your pit days. Um, you got it. So 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 after NFL, what was next for you? After the NFL, actually, uh, I, you know, everybody thinks they got another year. <laughs> so after my last <laughs> season, I thought I had another year. You know, I'm pumping iron. I'm back working out with Buddy Morris, and I'm bigger, stronger, faster, and I can relate it back to my rookie year. That's the kind of shape I was. Got you. Seven years later. Yep. And not a, I, I didn't get a call. That's where Donna Sanf comes in. I go back down the pit. Donna hired me as an intern. Now, when you start looking at the life skills program, you know how big that is now with, with yes. Penny? Huge. Shout out to Penny. Yeah. I, I was the first part of that when they first dreamed it up, dreamed it up. Uh, I was interning for Donna when that program was starting to be developed. Wow. So, so, so that was it. And my first job came from me interning at Pitt because we had mm. a big, um, it was not a job fair, but it was, uh, it was like an information fair. And I was tasked to bring in a couple corporations and, you know, we were looking at bringing in, you know, 10 to 20 corporations. But I brought in about a hundred. I had everybody coming because I wanted the football players to talk. Yeah. You start understanding. So you can look and say, you're in medical sales. How do I, what road do I need to take to get into medical sales? Right. You know, uh, you're a mechanic on airplanes. You know, you're a doctor, you're a physician. Am I on the right path? So we did that and it was very successful. And, and one of the uh, gentlemen I uh, tried to bring in, he told me no at least five or six times. But of course, you know me, he was a, he played at Pitt. He played for the Steelers. Now he's the president of Icon Office Solutions. I'm like, dude, how are you not going to be a part of this? Right. You're us. You're the, the guy that the, the, everyone needs to see. I need to talk to you. And I kept calling, kept calling, kept calling. He finally, and he finally came and he showed up. And then because of my tenacity getting him in, he offered me a job. Uh, selling Makes copiers. Yeah, 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 Icon. <laughs> I, I work for Icon Office Solutions, selling copiers, printers, and fax machines. And that's what got me into the technology industry so that evolved evolved and I, as i told you every time i got cut early on those 12 times in every summer i had a summer job or an internship then too mm, smart. Uh, so every yeah. time i came home i had fun but i was working out and i was working yeah because i know tomorrow wasn't promised so i started building those relationships up uh then of course it bubble burst and then real estate started picking up so I started my first uh, business was Homestead Settlement Solutions after my hometown. Um, and it, was, it was a real estate title company. So, you know, we, we sold title insurance. We did the closings. We did title abstracts. You know, we, we did it all. And I started building that company. And again, when I talk about mentorship, the 49ers were having a reunion 
from all for all the Super Bowl teams. And I, I got it late, but my main mission was when I was attending that, before I do anything, before I eat, I want to sit down with Mr. DeBartolo. I knew, I knew he was going to say that. Yep. He's one yep. of the baddest real estate dudes ever. You know, Youngstown, Ohio. Not you got it. Warren, yep. <laughs> yep. I called Mr. D. He sat there and grabbed me by my face, told me to call him Monday. And um, I'm thinking he's going to invest in my company or just give me some great wisdom nuggets. But the best, best, biggest thing he told me was our next meeting was, Adam, you need, after more thought, you need to diversify. <laughs> okay. Right after that, I'm like, Mr. D, but I want to own a football team like you. He said, oh, you really need to diversify that. And he said, Adam, our, our family has been in real estate for 60 years and we've never seen it go straight up. He said, so the first hiccup that comes, and there will be one, it's going to go straight down and end up worse than it was when it started. Mm. So um, just for me and being prepared before the meeting, you know, preparation is key. It's huge. Anytime you do anything, you're going on an interview, you're, you're getting ready for, uh, for this interview now. <laughs> this isn't even a job interview. But just to be able to be prepared, you did a lot of prep work to get ready just to have me here on the show. Yep. So Mr. Uh, DeBartolo purchased a automotive manufacturing company that uh, made premium automotive water pumps. Hmm. I partnered with him. I Dude, I don't know enough about no water pumps, but <laughs> I ended up being here after seven meetings in over six months, I became his partner. Homestead Performance was the name of the company where we did the warehouse and distribution and business development for water pumps. Wow. So building that company, I had a big contract with Chrysler, their aftermarket division called Mopar. The guys at Mopar said, Adam, we can't buy any more pumps from you. Now, all of my training and in, in entrepreneurial classes and things I, 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 I had taken before this time was telling me, Adam, you can't be everything to everybody. Do what you do best, better than everyone else. Uh, right. Chuck Noll has a great quote that says, you don't have to be extraordinary. Just do the ordinary things better than everything, everybody yeah. else. Yeah, so I wanted true. to do what I did better than everyone else. And I didn't want to act like I was scattered when they presented, Adam, we, we don't need any more. We can't purchase any more pumps from you, but we need some boxes. I said, I don't make boxes. He said, Adam, I can't purchase any more pumps from you, but we need some boxes. I said, I don't make boxes. He said, Adam. I said, oh, you want some boxes? Okay, <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. So <laughs> I started sourcing boxes and reselling them to him on, on, on that side. So that's how I ended up getting into packaging. And then they started asking me for boxes for more water pumps, starters, brake pads, you know, fan belts, started selling more. And then I said, this, this, I'm making more money for the, for this guy here than I'm making selling my own water pumps. So then that's when I went and bought the assets of a company down in Memphis, Tennessee to start doing packaging. When I got AutoZone as a customer, AutoZone said, we like your pumps. We like your packaging. Can you do us a favor? Put the pump in the box, label mm. it so we can put it right on the shelf. I've been down this road before. I said, oh, sure, I can do that. So <laughs> before I knew it was called contract packaging, I, that's how I got into that side and more of the supply chain. And right now today, um, through acquisitions, I've grown. And the company today went from Homestead Packaging Solutions. I sold that. Today, it's Summit Packaging Solutions. And uh, we synchronize the supply chain around customization. Uh, we, we do everything from design, research and design and development. Uh, we hold five uh, United States patents on structural designs for packaging. We procure 
uh, different types of materials, uh, corrugate, metal, wood, plastic, pelican cases, foam, uh, pallets, anything else that has shrink wrap tape. We do a lot of procurement. Then we do uh, manufacturing. We still do some light manufacturing. And then with the customization piece is, we put it all together, getting it retail ready so they could take it right to the store. And you see an end cap, uh, a point of purchase display or something, it came out of my plant. If you go to Walmart and you see Tide and the detergent and the, the fabric softener and the Clorox all on one pallet, it came out of one of my plants. Mm. I put all that to, together to ship out there. And then uh, now, then we finish it warehouse and delivery. Wow, that's amazing. Well, what a, what a, what a story, what a journey. Um, I mean, you, you summed it up so well I, and so smoothly, but I know it didn't go as smooth as you just said. Can you speak to some of the, the, um, uh, the tools or, or, or the challenges, like speak to being an entrepreneur? You know, because I mean? so many people, like you were saying, like some, some family members growing up, like we want to work in the plant. Uh, we, we, we know we go here, we work here 25 years or 30 years, we'll get our pension, we're done. That entrepreneurship, like ups and downs, the uncertainties, down security sometimes, speak to the uh, the life of an entrepreneur, especially um, the early stages of it. Yeah, entrepreneurship is like playing football. <laughs> gotcha. You know, yeah. but just like playing football, you, you must be prepared. Uh, when I played for the 49ers, we used to script our first 15 plays of the game. But uh, as an entrepreneur, as a business leader, as a salesperson, you need to script your, your day. You're going into your first meeting, you need to script your meeting. But there's different things that you need as an entrepreneur because you uh, can be, if you make the great, if you make the best pizza in town, does not mean you should have your own pizza shop. Mm because there's other things that are, are needed, other skills that are needed. Yeah. So the first thing you need to understand is you don't know everything. Right. And, and it's the people that, that do it. Uh, one of my mentors, Bill Campbell, uh, which is a book called Trillion Dollar Coach after Bill Campbell, I recommend uh, you get that and anyone who's listening. Uh, he's from Homestead. He ended up coaching Steve Jobs and Bezos and the founders of Google. And that's where you get the trillion dollar coach because of the market cap of the companies he, he's helped uh, put in position. But um, one thing that many young entrepreneurs don't know is you, you must invest in your people and your company first. Mm. Uh, there's many, yeah, before you're CEO and COO and CFO, as an entrepreneur, many times you are the OOO, the only operating company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you do that's have good. to do it all yourself. That's but so you have to start looking to invest back in the company. You need to lawyer up. I advise everyone to get a lawyer early, get an accountant early, yeah. you know, get, get that CPA, you know, early. These are things that everyone skips over because Uncle Sam still wants his. Right, right, <laughs> you right. Know, get get good right. people, understand what you're good at and what you aren't good at. I can type 80 words a minute, but that doesn't mean I, I should. My time isn't better, isn't used best typing. Hire someone to do it. Yeah. Outsource it, get an assistant. Start taking some of those things off your plate. Learn how to delegate. Don't try to hold everything uh, to yourself. And then once you start developing a team, 
understand what leadership means. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Campbell would tell me, he, he would say, Adam, your title does not make you a leader. Your title makes you a manager. Your people make you a leader. Mm, that's good. So you, you've been on a football team. You've had guys who were second and third team uh, uh, players, but were leaders on a team. Right. Because of their voice, because of their work ethic, because how they treated people. You know, you, you just can't treat people badly. You, people deserve to be treated with respect and listen to. Listen. Listen to the ideas of your team. Listen to the ideas. For me, I have to listen to the ideas of the guys that are out on the floor. That's what this big window is. That I'm right, right at my plant upstairs in, in one of the huddle rooms. Um, but you got to listen to the guys on the floor because they know what's going on. My dad told me that. He said, when you go to, he said, boy, you don't know nothing about those machines and, and boxing. He said, but you would listen to your people on the floor that are doing it every day. Yeah. They're going to give you the ideas to get better or tell you when something's wrong. So it, it's listening. Uh, one, one of the quotes Coach Gottfried used to tell us all the time at Pitt is God gave you two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you speak. Mm-hmm. Yep, you, definitely. You, you can't learn anything with your mouth open. So, so, so be open to learning more, be bold, be strong, courageous, because you're going to have to take some risk, but you also want to limit those risks as well. And one of the ways to limit risk is through partnership. Many young entrepreneurs, many athletes don't um, believe in partnership because they think they have to give up control of the company or they have to give up a large chunk of the company whether there's an equity interest or somebody bringing in their skills and expertise may want a piece of the company. But then I always flip it and, and, and go all the way to the other side and say, hey, man, but if you're starving, and you're hungry, and someone was to approach you and say, hey, Sean, here's 65% of this watermelon that you can have, or I'll give you 100% of this grape. Which one are you going to choose if you're hungry? I need that wallet. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And it's the same with business. Yeah. It's okay to own, uh, if, if you got a $100 company, it's okay to own $65, $65, has $65 for that $100. Or would you just rather have the $1 company and own it all? Right, right. Mm, that's good. That's strong. That's strong right there. Uh, thank you for your, your wisdom. Um, I'm actually going to listen back <laughs> uh, to, to that part as I continue to strive and grow in this uh, social entrepreneurship space. And so, Adam, as you know, you know, the mission of Orange Arrow is to coach student athletes and for success off the field, off the track, out of the pool, wherever the playing arena may be. Why is it important to be successful outside of your sport? Talent is never enough. The one beautiful thing is with sport, you can get away with your talent a lot. And to be successful after your sport, because sport doesn't last forever. There's going to come a time it ends. Even Tom Brady's career is coming to an end if it hadn't end. He's, he's almost old as me, but it's still coming to an end, and he has the rest of his life to go on. So, But now he's in position to do bigger and greater things and make a bigger impact on the communities he served and been involved with, he can make change. You know, he's talking about making movies. So when now when he's in position to start doing movies and documentaries, he can select the content that goes out there. So everything isn't garbage. 
So uh, talent is never enough. And, and to get there, it's, it's to be, be keep, keep that open mind and be willing to learn. Lifetime learning, continuous improvement are very, very important for our athletes because football should just be a stepping stone, an avenue to get to where you really want to go, to where you're to that big goal. Yeah, if you want to get to the NFL, that's fine, but you need something after that. So, so just like chess, play, be ready and be prepared for your next two or three moves. Be prepared just in case this doesn't go the way I want it. How do I pivot? What's, what's my next move? So, so that preparation is, is, is huge. And, and I'll tell you, uh, many times folks don't really understand what they want to do next when you're caught up in the middle of playing sports. Uh, what, I would, what I would suggest to all your uh, young athletes aspiring athletes, aspiring professional athletes. Is, uh, there's a scripture in the Bible, it's Proverbs 4, 7, that says wisdom is the principal thing. Seek wisdom and in all thy getting, get understanding. Now the book of Adam says you get wisdom one of two ways. The long and painful way of making your own mistakes or taking a shortcut. Everyone thinks there's no shortcut in life. I disagree. The shortcut is learning from others who have already gotten it right. You just can't listen to anybody. You don't want to listen to nobody about marriage who's been di divorced three times and still single. <laughs> or, right. or somebody, a financial advisor who's been bankrupt three times and, 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 and don't have a house. You don't want to listen to them. But listen to the guys who have already gotten it right because they've had a journey and moments in their life that they can share. This worked for me. You don't, I don't like to tell anyone what to do. I always like to share through my own personal stories yeah. and say, this is how I handle it. And these were the benefits. These were the results, good, bad, or ugly that helped me do it. But, uh, but wisdom, look for mentors as, as, as well as after you've been mentored, after you've been coached and while you've been building those relationships should lead into sponsorship. And what I mean by sponsorship is, you need someone that's going to take you by the hand. You're trying to get a new deal with uh, ESPN to put Orange Arrow on. You need somebody that's going to take you by the hand and take you in the office and say, you need to do business with Sean Rob. This is why I'm putting my name on him. I believe in him and you should too. Because without that, we can't move the needle. We can't move the chains. Yeah, yeah. Adam, thank you for your time. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your team support of me, Orange Arrow, on the work. Now, I appreciate you, boss. I'm looking forward to catch up here in the near future. Awesome, man. Thank you for having me on the show. You're doing wonderful things. I love you, brother. Love you too, boss.